This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right, see the numbers? They're going. I do. Okay, all right. We're going to talk today about um, radically deviant financial strategies, although we did record, I recorded a podcast with Sean and with Jacob Lundfisker that was long, I think it had ended up being three parts, and I thought it was excellent. I read all of my chapter from the book into that podcast, right? and we commented on it. Um, but a um, series of events happened. I, I got an email saying, hey, they're talking about you at ERE. And I went out there and like, yay. And I love this community. Um, every time I go out there, they're very respectful, decent, lovely, awesome, supportive, and uh, really helping each other out. Well, until this week. <laughs> so I got the thing like, hey, they're talking about you. And so I, I went out there and I thought, you know, as long as I'm here, I'm going to tell them about my Kickstarter. I mean... None of them will give me money for my Kickstarter, <laughs> because um, they are they are working really hard to spend no money, because uh, the the whole ERE thing is is to be extreme in how little you spend on your monthly expenses, and to maximize your income for a period of time. So instead of retiring in forty years, you might be able to retire in like three. Correct. And that's like, uh, and then depending on how extreme you're willing to go, maybe it'll be closer to like eight years instead of three. But but only the most extreme, <laughs> you know, can can do it. But <clears throat> as I'm writing this and I'm feeling really happy about you know contributing to this community, um, which I think is cool, then it reminded me of something you told me. About you getting here, and I, and, and then I th- I said, did we ever say that in a podcast? And you're like, oh, <laughs> am I quoting you correctly? Oh, pretty much. You make a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I don't remember what we said in all of them. <laughs> so now you, you understand the thing where I say, if anybody's listened to all the podcasts, I'll record a podcast with you because you can probably you. It's like I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> So is, Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Although clearly I'm not the one to ask either because I wouldn't remember if the question had been asked. It becomes a little bit of a blur. Yeah. All right. But the thing is, is that okay? Let's 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 start. Uh, well, you let me read this thing, and then you can stop me where you need to, and then correct me. So this is sure. this is the first post that I wrote out at ERE. Um, uh, Deviant financial strategies for, uh, and a greenhouse. So I'm trying to tell them about my Kickstarter. Uh, I made a variation of ERE and wrote about it in my book. The chapter is called Radically Deviant Financial Strategies. I read the whole chapter into a video podcast thing with my co-author, that would be Sean, and uh, Jacob, so that I gave a link to the YouTube video, which is the same thing as the podcast. Right. Um, but the, the story I'm here to tell you about today is about people that frequent this forum and are keen on ERE. Well, one person... Jennifer. She was slash is powerfully keen on ERE. 
and somehow, about a year and a half ago, she heard about my Kickstarter. She was determined to not spend any money at the moment. But the long list of goodies we offered on our Kickstarter was too rich, and she caved in. As part of the Kickstarter, we had uh, we said six backers would be selected to attend our permaculture design course. She was available, thanks largely to ERE, so she put her hat into the ring. She got one of the tickets. While she was here, she heard about our need to find someone to conduct an experiment through the winter. She volunteered. She has now been here more than a year. Uh, she, here she is giving a tour of the experimental structure. So this is a YouTube video of you giving a tour of Allerton Abbey. Correct. And then earlier this year, she had an idea for a new experiment. And to be fair, it wasn't just you. No, it was kind of a collaborative idea-generating session. Yeah. But I kind of feel like, I mean, one of the things we've that I talk about later is going to be the, the kind of community we have here. And I think mm-hmm. 90% of the time being here is a really, is a very soul building thing. So the things, right. the things that we're concerned about, about community, they do happen here, but they're pretty rare. And they do seem to be around a person who then leaves. Leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Like the general community, like vibe and structure is, is really cool and pretty resilient. And then sometimes someone will come in and like, they clearly won't be a fit. And then I would say that the general thing that happens is now that I'm here, y'all are going to live your lives the way I tell you. I think that's a big component of it. Sometimes they're, like, not like that, but somehow they just suck everyone's soul out for some reason. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay. no one knows why this person makes everything awful, but somehow every interaction with them, you just feel more and more awful. But regardless of why... Okay, let me, yeah. let me yeah. try this tack. The most awful person you have ever experienced... Not really all that awful. No, no, definitely not. Like, much less awful than, like, the worst person I've worked with at any of my jobs or in any of my, you know, university classes or whatever. I just kind of feel like I don't want to scare anybody off. Oh, right. No, by saying, like, like, so uh, awful. Yeah, no one's like... uh, And then, then I mean, we're not naming names. We're not outing anybody. Right, no, we're not naming any names. But but I think think that uh, this year, Mm -hmm. because it's like... I mean, you've seen the Fauci video, right? You, you've read the you've read the Slumlord thing, sure. So, so it's kind of like, and you've heard the stories. So, yes. so, so this the year that you've been here, the worst person has been still rather lovely. <laughs> I would agree with your analysis. Okay. All yes, right, yes. all right. And most of the time, I believe it's it's a very positive thing. The people are, you know, we sit down at a, at a meal and it's a great time and yeah. then the ideas start to just flow and next thing you know, we've got an idea like this one. Right. And then we share it in a podcast and the next thing you know, we're doing a Kickstarter. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've still, I don't remember the decision point where we went from like, are we going to do this Kickstarter to yes, we definitely are. <laughs> we sort of <laughs> swept past that particular landmark. All right, so, yeah. um, let's see, you know, so, 
of course, I expect everybody reading this might be thinking that they won't put anything in because they're living super lean, so they can uh, make a make the leap to freedom. <laughs> Build up that safety net. Jennifer was about 20% of the way to her goal to making the ERE leap. And we offer a sort of shortcut. So, all right, I'm saying that you were developing your grub steak. You were, I mean, to, to try to mix different books and the different terminology mm-hmm. from different books. You were saving up. You had you had enough savings, that, you, and you were living so frugally that um, you were 20% of the way to total freedom. So right. Until, like, I could have lived six to eight years on my savings or my investment capital, which right. is ultimately what it was meant to be, um, before I needed to worry about getting a job, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... You came here for one reason, and and then it turned out to possibly be a, a shortcut. And and that's what this whole podcast is about. Is is what we're doing here? Is it an early retirement extreme shortcut? So in a way, I would say it's less extreme, and yet you got to the destination faster. I would agree with that. I, less extreme, it probably depends on your perspective. Um, would, oh, yeah. right. I As mean, does everything. And I'm going to get to that in yeah. a moment, but I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of details I'm going to get to here in a moment. We're gonna, right. So let me let me just continue on with uh, with reading this. Um, so uh, we offer a sort of shortcut. That is for people that wish to end up in a humble, natural home with a permaculture garden. Uh, covered in depth in my book, See the Story of Gert, A Millionaire Life Without a Million Dollars. Uh, which, you know, is free to them because I read the whole chapter into that thing that's in the, in the, right. in the first post. So free because I know you're not going to part with any money. <laughs> uh, Jennifer thinks that a person that is only 3% of the way to their ERE goal could make this leap. And a person that has no debt but $200 in the bank technically could make the leap, although it would have some challenge. So I posted here before and got an email saying somebody replied to the thread you posted to, and I thought, I should tell the ERE forum peeps about my Kickstarter because Jennifer... So you're a reason now. I am. You're a justification. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be something if a half dozen more ERE folks came here? Maybe one or two will even support my Jen's Kickstarter. I was so I guess I'm suggesting it's my Kickstarter, but at the same time, in a way, it's your Kickstarter. Yeah, I feel really invested in this Kickstarter. Like I've been involved with coming up with the idea and marketing it and prepping for it and all that jazz. Like I'm, I like it. I think it's cool. All right. So um, I wrote that post and um, and I was really excited to get the feedback. And I was hoping that maybe Jacob would even see it and right. say some things. And and uh, sometimes happens um, there were trolls and um, I'm, I'm there's a lot of use of Cunningham's law. So Cunningham's law, for those that are not aware, uh, is where if you're on the Internet and you have a question, 
Cunningham's law says that if you do not ask the question, but instead state some something that's ridiculous and false, you'll get better answers than if you ask the question. Right. So rather than being respectful and saying, but what about this? Or can you tell me more about that? Uh, the thing to do is to state, what a bunch of bullshit. You're a fucking nut job. And, uh, you know, this part is absolutely impossible. No one, no one in the world, and there's no such person as Jen. <laughs> I met Jen and, and she's she's a piece of shit, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, to state things that are obviously false, right? To goad a, a better answer, mm. and so because it does, it gets you going. And uh, man, I just gotta. And, and but at the same time, I'm aware of Cunningham's law, and I do not want to feed the trolls, and I choose to live a life without responding to Cunningham's law. But I sometimes do it anyway, <laughs> and I'm a fool. I'm a fool. <laughs> and so, um, uh, all right. There was some of that. Not all of it. There were some people that were being perfectly lovely, but there was basically there was a, a person who said tried to say basically that that I have no idea what E R E is. Um you're nodding you're making a weird face. Well, right, because I didn't quite figure out what was meant by that. Um I mean, it does seem that some people have deeper interpretations of ERE, such as, like, you're not financially independent yet, but you're living this, like, ERE lifestyle where you're largely decoupled from the money economy. But it seems like we're doing that here, and so... Probably even more so than most ERE people. I would... I would guess so, just in terms of, like, we're producing a lot more physical goods than most people are capable of producing um, in the ERE lifestyle, like in a city or a suburb. But... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure quite what was meant by that. Like you don't understand okay. what ERE I, is. I was thinking Cunningham's law. Mm-hmm. That they're just. You don't know what ERE is. Sure. Thus, that they were just goading me you. into saying like, well, you know, you don't know what ERE is. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. But but it's kind of like uh, uh, now I'm going to spell it out what ERE is, and I'm just kind of feeling like I don't have time for that i mean like i love the idea of sharing and talking and stuff like that but it's like seriously this is where this so i thought okay this guy's just being a dick and and so i'm gonna step back and somebody else is gonna come in and say what the fuck are you doing man that is not cool and uh, or to you know basically stand up for me and say this is Paul Whedon he, he knows you know right yeah did you not see the the video so anyway um nobody <clears throat> stood up but there was a lot of other conversation uh, another troll showed up to do the trolling and um so after a while it's like really no one's gonna so so then there was enough good people that said good things that i wanted to respond to right but at the same time i kind of felt like i don't want to get into this i don't want to so <clears throat> um there was uh so i wrote one more post and i said i gotta step out because uh apparently i don't know what ere is so i i said uh, it's it's clear that i'm not qualified to post in this forum something about how i don't understand ere 
So I guess to be respectful to the members of this community, I need to read the book again and somehow find the bits I missed before. Kind of in the middle of a Kickstarter, and, and this is where I got very arrogant, but I, I easily slip into extreme arrogance, forgive me, or, or not, you know, whatever. So kind of in the middle of a Kickstarter, and trying to save all of humanity. Now, I believe that if 100 million people got my book in their brain, most global problems would be solved. Right. Do, okay, you're saying right that, that you uh, believe that I believe that, or, or do you agree with this analysis? Well, the right actually did mean, yes, I believe that you believe that. But, <laughs> but no, I think that if 100 million people... What was your number? Was that it? Yeah, 100 100 million. 100 million people read your book and acted on it. I I even leave out the part about acted on it. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking only half of them will act on it. Right. Like, assuming that 100 million of them read it and some portion of them act on it that's above, like, (laughs) 0.001%. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. Fair enough. (laughs) Right. Then, like, yes, I think that the solutions in your book actually do have the capacity to solve the vast majority of global problems. Thank you. You're welcome. So I've been getting interviewed a lot for the book lately, and it's come up a lot. And so there's a lot of people that are experts in environmentalism and have basically validated me. Like, they read the book. Right. They are so enthusiastic about its power to make change. Right. You know, so I'm super excited about that. But, I, you know, so maybe my my normally big head has been inflated even more by hearing from these experts in the field that they agree with this analysis. Um, uh, so, all right. Uh, so it might be a, a long while until I can get to that, reading the ERE book again. Uh, so this will be my last post. And so I'm trying to say, like, okay, I want to just respond to the good people that have asked lovely questions. Right. While at the same time possibly addressing some of the shit that, you know, because it's like, of course, every time they bring up, they say something horrible. Then there, there's this little bit of question embedded in their nasty shit, right? Right. So, um, I kind of feel like, and then, I don't know, it's as if these people speaking in this horrible way is like, we've decided this is okay. And this is the way some people speak on these forums. Well, it wouldn't last on permies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you have a pretty pretty strict moderation policy right. on permies. And I think Jacob's forums are definitely geared like I mean his forum rules are not like everybody be assholes, but they definitely leave room for plenty of debate. And on permies we do not do We do not debate. Do debate. Right. Yeah. We do sharing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, I wouldn't call this debate. I would, I would call this fuckery. I mean, right. it's like they're they're just being ugly and nasty. Mm-hmm. And you could call it debate if you want. Right. You know? Right. Um, it's so yeah. It's uh, we would we would remove a lot of this stuff. All right. Um, to clear up some bits. I don't think we are a commune. Uh, that kind of gives you an idea of what people may have said. Right. Somebody suggested, like, oh, some sort of fucking commune, a bunch of hippies. So, in fact, I believe free love was mentioned. Nookie. I, free nookie. Yeah, I, I mean, was, that one was brought up kind of tongue-in-cheek, although, like, they're, well, they're actually wrong about here. because <laughs> <laughs> But they're not wrong about, like, hippie communes in general in 
in my observation. Um, but right, like a lot of stuff was brought up about like, what if someone comes here and like in two years they realize that like it was all a mistake and like all their money has gone into the commune and they have no way to get out. And it's like, we're not. Like, yeah. no one takes your money, no one locks you in a compound, it's yeah. not, that's not what's going on here. Yeah. They, yeah, they were kind of suggesting that when you join the cult, that that the cult will take all of your possessions and all of your money. Right. Which, I mean, how Cunningham's law is that? You know, it's like, right. well, I don't, I think that's a stupid idea because I don't want to go there and have them take all of my money. I mean, what are you talking about? No, that's just, yeah. I'm not okay with that. It's kind of like... Buddy, at, at no point in time did anybody suggest anything like that. Right. Where the fuck did you get that? So, um, so anyway, uh, all right, the commune thing. Uh, I don't think we are a commune. I would not describe this as a commune. Uh, no. Everybody has their own money. There just seems to be some commune values that we don't have here. I, I don't think we're anything close to a commune. No, I, I mean, I think we're more of a commune than like people who live in a single family home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like sure. that's about, yeah. on the commune continuum. Like, yeah, we're maybe ten percent of the way over toward commune. Um, and then of course the cult word came out. And, right. And I said, uh, I have embraced that we are totally a cult. We all bow down every day to gardening, <laughs> planting, harvesting, chop and drop, sometimes chanting, who gill culture. <laughs> I've apparently been missing the daily chanting session. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys not chanting? <laughs> I should put it in our little email notes. Oh, yeah, more totally. chanting! <laughs> Bring it up at Taco Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Not enough chanting. More chanting! All right. Um, let's see. Uh, so a gardening cult. Permaculture gardening with polyculture. I woke up this morning to find somebody made this meme about me. Oh, did you see the meme? I did see the meme. Okay. Um, now I've already forgot. It's with Bender. It's got, it's got, yeah, here it is. Bender. Uh, so it's got Bender. He's got like gold rings and a fur coat. And he says, I'll make my own education system with black locust and huckle and hugel cultures. Yeah. You were about to say huckleberries, weren't I, you? I, I may have. Yeah, there was. <laughs> you want some huckleberry pie? There was some huckleberry pie yesterday. And so, um, <clears throat> I couldn't get the image to embed in there. I, and it's like the forum software was being angry with me. And I thought, wow, our forum software is so good. Well, I think Jacob <laughs> actually doesn't want people embedding memes on his site. <laughs> <laughs> so that probably worked out pretty good then. Yeah, all right. totally. All right. So on to the shortcut, because that's what this is really all about. An ERE shortcut. An early retirement extreme shortcut. Correct. Uh this, and, and of course, oh, and, and this again, this is in response to some stuff. This is a shortcut only for people that are keen on the GERT destination. If GERTing is not your ERE goal, then look away. This is not for you. It is torture and awful and full of horrible, full of horrible, monstrous things. There is a kraken and the edge of the world to fall off of, never to return. So definitely skip the rest of this thread. Look away. You've been warned. I don't. Did you read the part where they were like, 
you know, this doesn't, this will never work. I mean, there was a bunch of people kind of saying, this will never work. It's impossible. And sure. the reason is, is because they didn't want gardening. Right. Uh, yeah, like, and there were a lot of people in the thread making that point that, like, Right. If you don't have any interest in community living or like, quote unquote, living off the land. Oh, or... a commune. You don't want to live in a commune. Right. I don't want to live in a commune. Nobody wants to live in a fucking commune. <laughs> I mean, clearly people do because they keep trying it. But... Want to grow food like, like in dirt? <laughs> Brondo has what plants crave. <laughs> oh, my God. But, right, to return to the point, Paul, the okay, point. <laughs> all right, all right, there's a point. Right, I think that, obviously, if you have no interest in Gerthood as your final ERE destination, and yeah. you do not wish to be around other human beings ever, then this is not a shortcut for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is, a, is an annoyance. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> it's yeah. Like no, this is gonna screw up all your plans. All right. Uh, Jen says she is on the ERA path. She says that for her path. I mean, there was people that were basically saying that what I said about you was not could not possibly be true. Hmm. And so uh, Jen says that she's on the ERE path. She says that for her path, she would have been free in six years, but on this path, she's now thinking three or four. Plus, I get the impression that she likes it here and is planning on being here foreverish. That's a new word I made up. Perfect. <laughs> All right. And she says she is building coin while here. Uh, thanks to the people who put money into the BRK. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, which brings up the point that, like, when I say building coin, this is, it is a small amount of coin relative to someone who is working a, you know, a salary job or even somebody who is working a minimum wage job. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting away tons of money while here, but my expenses are enormously lower, which we'll get to in a bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but a few of you have pointed out that she is wrong. That is not her experience at all. For those people, the next time I see Jen, I will give her a stern lecture for being such a damn liar. <laughs> now, actually, I changed that. Did I tell you about the earlier version? Yes. Yeah. It's like I said I was going to slap her, but I kind of thought, oh, man, that's going to end up all over the internet. Look, Paul Wheaton slaps all the women. Yeah. I, yeah. D I feel that also that that would end up on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I thought, but it's a joke. I like to slap her. I slap anybody. But it's like, uh, oh, that's proof. Right. All the women right there. There's only the one woman here. It's all of them that were there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. stern lecture. Stern, stern lecture. lecture. <laughs> yeah. Stop being such a damn liar. Those people who have never met you insist that you're a damn liar. Right. Well, there were co quite a few people on the thread explaining how it was not a shortcut. And so I did end up posting something to the thread yep. explaining that it was indeed a shortcut for me um, to financial independence and how and why. So yeah. uh, I got to say, there was 
we started talking, I think it was yesterday or the day before, like, let's make a podcast about your story. Right. And and let's talk about the shortcut to ERE. And it was kind of in, um, lined up with me writing that post, like, hey, I just had this great idea. Right. And then we're, we started, like, taking notes, and we're going to record this podcast. And then, of course, we're, like, in the middle of the Kickstarter and everything. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, you know, hey, maybe there'll be some good discussion here. Right. And we'll get a couple of, like, really juicy points to add to this. Yeah. And then it kind of went south, and I kind of thought, uh, right. And it I didn't... thought, oh, well, I kind of wrote the things, I, some of the things I wanted to say in this podcast. Right. Right, yeah, it definitely didn't get the warmest reception um, on the ERE forums, and it was a little sad because you were you were pretty excited about it. And, yeah, uh, I because uh, my past experience has been very positive with ERE right. forums, and so I was kind of like looking forward because you know sometimes I gotta go and and it's like okay well, how, who else do we tell about our kickstarter how else do we get this to work and right. so it's like oh i haven't told the community of ERE and they're cool right they won't give us any money but maybe one or two well especially if we if we say hey an ERE person came here right you know then yeah maybe it'll work out all right <clears throat> uh i think that for coming here and having things work out that only one in 20,000 people will want to come here and, and it will work out. So the options here are for just a very few people. And for people keen on ERE, it might be closer to one in 100. I mentioned to Jen about posting here recently, and she said she used to be a regular on these forums, which I you later told me was not quite accurate. Right. Well, so I told Paul that I used to hang out on the ERE site a lot, which he took to meant, mean that I posted a lot on the forums. But what I actually meant was I lurked on the blog constantly, but I rarely commented, and I was never really on the forums. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then Jacob wrote, Jacob Lundfisker pops in. Oh, Good. Oh, finally. Yeah. Now, now everything's going to be set right. And Jacob says, also, I've previously talked about the problem of, say, woofing during your 20s and 30s, then changing your mind to find yourself 10 plus years behind your peers in terms of financial development. There's that aspect to consider, too. In that regard, two years is nothing, though. Yeah. Well, I'd kind of hope that he was going to tell that guy, stop being a dick. But, right, but, right. But, okay, he makes a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I re- I, I'm responding to what Jacob said. I agree. If you're into gardening and you follow this path, and then you decide that you're no longer interested in this path, <clears throat> then you pop out the other side with a lot less coin than if you had pursued a higher paying path. And if you pursued money for that same time, then you can change your interests, but have money to back your new interest. Right. Now, I have to say that uh, uh, I did gardening when I was a kid. I was, you know, but then it was like, I am designated to pull the weeds. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I sometimes, you know, running the irrigation or something like that, I had jobs, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I didn't like them. Sure. And so when I became an adult, I did not garden mm. until I did. Right. And then, the, you know, I think I've shared that story too many times on this podcast already. But 
um, my interests changed. Sure. And I I cannot imagine anybody in the world as twisted, obsessed with gardening and permaculture and all these things that as as I am. Um, because if there were their help, problems would be just as bad as mine, I suppose. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Right. Well, I think I think the broader point there is like Jacob's right. There's an opportunity cost to being here. Like if you were out selling yourself in the market economy, you could make more money than generally you would here. I mean, you have yeah. roles where people could make a ton of money here, but no one ever ah, wants see, to. Now, that's do my them. next. Okay, well, I'll right. skip that then. But opportunity cost I think is valid, and I don't think it's just necessarily a matter of changing your interests. Like one of the things brought up by people a lot in the thread was like, what if you're here for a while and then community drama or you're here for a while and, you know, your circumstances change or you fight with Paul or whatever and it's yeah, like yeah that's a legit thing um, it's not of deep concern <laughs> to me but that's certainly something to consider like or you know in my post I said like if this place gets wiped off the face of the earth by a comet right like okay, yeah, something that's yeah. never going to happen but like say that it does will you be out of luck and it's like in my case I don't think so like I think that the skills and the social capital that I'm gaining here and, like, I'm continuing to put a little, away a little bit of coin, like, I think I'll be in better shape if in two years I had to leave than, you know, than I would have been. But for somebody who's making $80,000 a year, would they be in better shape after two years? Maybe not. <laughs> if you went out and yeah. got a high-paying job, mm-hmm. let me change that. If you went out and got a job that paid $11 an hour, you could probably get a job that pays $11 an hour pretty easy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, we could even bump that number up. Let's say $15 an hour. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And then you rented a studio apartment, not mm-hmm. just you know living out of your truck or whatever, right, but, right. but you rented a studio apartment, and then you got to buy your food. Um, how much more money are you squirreling away each month than now? Are you still squirreling away more than you're squirreling away now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I, because I was working minimum wage part time for three months a year, and squirreling okay. away about as much as I'm squirreling away here. So if okay. I had a full time job. All right. Yeah. So, all year round. Yeah. Um. So basically, <clears throat> it would be kind of up there with, with um, getting a job that's maybe uh, twelve dollars an hour or so, mm-hmm. or you said minimum wage or minimum wage. Yeah. Um. And uh. Uh. But here, um, you're probably eating better. Yeah. And then uh, and here. Your experiences are probably richer. Like when you when you were the campground manager, mm-hmm. um, there were certain experiences. Are your experiences here richer? Like, are you learning more skills here? Oh, for sure. I mean, there were cool things about the <clears throat> campgrounds. Like they were in the middle of really beautiful national forests in the Sierra Nevadas, but mostly like I was writing out permits and telling people that they had to move their truck, you know, eight inches to the left to be on the designated parking and not yeah. on my wildflowers or whatever. So right. it wasn't all that delightful. And then there's this odd thing here. In addition to that, where you kind of sort of get an acre. Right, right. And But you wouldn't, for these other jobs, you wouldn't have gotten an acre. No, certainly not. 
So it's a bit fro- a bit of frosting on the cake. Kind right, of. right. Well, and I think that was one of the issues in the early retirement extreme forum thread is like people were hyper focusing on the like the land trade issue. Like, yeah. why would I work? full time for someone for no money for two years to get one acre when I could go buy a shitty acre for like a thousand bucks or whatever. They said five thousand bucks. I could go buy an acre for five thousand bucks and I kind of thought Oh yeah, tell me about that acre, buddy. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, there's no road to it, <laughs> and the only way to get there is by helicopter. <laughs> right. Well, there's that issue, which is like it's not as easy to buy accessible, decent land as you would necessarily believe when you Google like dollars per acre, blah blah blah, county or whatever. Yeah. But there's also like. Well, we can. Do you want to go into all the ways in which this is better than just having one acre right now, or do you want to um, save that for a later? Yeah, let's state? do that another time. Okay. Yeah, because I have but, a lot to say on that, but we right. don't have to do I mean, it. Now. It is so right. You can have cattle here, whereas if you had one acre, good oh, luck. Wow, that would be yeah. Yeah. You're, now all that money you saved, you're buying hay. <laughs> right, and good luck when everybody around you sprays the perimeter of your acre, and now you have like a 30 square foot area in the yeah. middle that's not covered in they poison. Kinda sp- they kind of sprayed into your acre. Yeah, exactly. To help you out. Right. Yeah. Oh, I sprayed your fence lines because I'm a good neighbor. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, I do think that there are paths at my place that have six-figure income potential. So a person can be here and earn a professional wage. Uh, so a person could come here for two years and exit with an extra $300,000 in their pocket. Of course, several people that have asked about it want to be paid the big coin, but they want a lot of hand-holding, and they really don't want to be bothered with work. And the people that seem quite capable of pursuing this path and harvesting that coin seem to prefer a path to gertitude, the humble natural home with the big garden. All right. I I guess the thing is, is that there's a lot of people on this forum that are like focused on earning a certain level of money. Right. And like, let's get the money now. Right. And I'm going to cut my expenses way down right now. I'm going to be so extreme. I don't think they use that voice, but sure. (laughs) They might. We don't know. It's a forum. Fair enough, Paul. Yeah. And and I kind of feel like there's opportunities here, but... um, so far, we I think we've had seven people. We call it the Evelyn role, so the events and uh, 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 rentals role. Right, right. And uh, um, we've had seven people who've officially taken on the role. Right. And they have all failed. And one of them, I thought their reasoning was pretty legit. They were here for a week, and they fell in love and went away. Mm-hmm. But the others, it was like... Um, Fuck. Really? Right. I mean, basically, they wanted, wh- where's my money? And then at the same time, it's like, they're not even working two hours a week. And right. it's like, yeah, how do you expect the money to come in if you don't do the work? I mean, that's the thing. There's a bunch of work involved in doing this. Yeah. And um, and it was it's just been a 50-50 split. And we designed it so that there can be multiple people to fill in these roles. Right. And they can all earn as much as they are able to earn. Right. But it's like, when it comes right down to it, they 
just don't do the work. Right. And and they all have their story. Sure. And and it's like and I could fill a bunch of podcasts about that, but I frankly don't feel like reliving what everybody listening to this podcast has experienced with somebody living in a basement somewhere and Yeah. Telling sure. explaining how they work so hard or something, you know, and it's like uh, so anyway, all right. right. It's well, there. It's there. We have the potential. And I, I sort of wish to say a thing that is like, that's not just you making shit up or like <laughs> a pipe dream. Like, I'm confident that I could make, you know, fifty or $60,000 a year doing the Evelyn role without like destroying well it would destroy my soul but without like working myself into an early grave and i suck at that kind of stuff but like i'm also like a reason i've run a business i can do things and so like but i don't want to if i wanted to be doing that kind of shit like i'd be somewhere working a salaried job i mean this is hospitality right and yeah Yeah. it's like and i don't i do not not only is it hospitality but it's just a job where i would have to spend a lot of my time doing things that are not the stuff I want to do. So yeah. I just want to make it clear. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about, you said 60000 so that's like 30 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and and technically the boot camp pays zero. Correct. It, it, it pays tacos. Yes. <laughs> delicious, delicious tacos. So so you get paid in tacos um, and uh, and you get a bunk. You get, you get to stay at Allerton Abbey. Yeah, I got the sweet deal as far yeah. as housing. Okay. So, yeah. um, uh, and we kind of just evaluated that something monetarily, it might be, have a value of something roughly minimum wage. Right. Uh, for you, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Minimum wage doing boot camp is far more appealing than $30 an hour doing the Evelyn role at your own pace. Yes. I mean, like, I, when I was working as, you know, a freelance editor, I made 50 bucks an hour. I could be doing that now. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I, I think. I, th- I mean, I think when we talk about the boot camp, it sounds like a boot camp, and it is. We gotta stick to that. Sure, we gotta yeah. keep calling it that, and you know right. why. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, but at the same time, I, I wish I could be in the boot camp. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Now, so but, do I. I've been on this Kickstarter duty <laughs> for a month now, and I'm yeah. like, I thought I'd escaped the desk work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I don't know. I just, I just kind of feel like there's. There must be other value to this if you're pursuing this. And, and it's like, I think that's what you're describing is that it's like, you enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Right. I enjoy it. I learn faster than I could learn how to do these things on my own, I believe. And I enjoy working with the people here. They're cool people and they're really knowledgeable. All right. Speaking of a shortcut to ERE, have you read my stuff about skills to inherit property? Okay. So this is me still trying to talk to uh, Jacob. Right. Uh, this has been years in the making, and the whole thing is still growing in multiple directions. The general idea is the millions of people that are looking... I'm, what did I what did I write? The general idea is the millions of people that are looking to will their land to somebody worthy. Okay. Uh, lots of fascinating news on this front. I mean, not only do we have a few Otis's lined up now right. that are like, yeah, I want to will my land 
to somebody that's like PEP4 or maybe even PEP3 certified. Right. You know, and so we've got some of that happening. Uh, another thing is, is that they've just defined the air badges. I don't know if you saw this. Have you seen? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they popped the last two or three days. There's a bunch of people now that have air badges. Now, are the air badges the, like, 20... What's an air badge, Paul? Okay. <laughs> so it's like the same badges as before. It's like you get a badge for woodworking, right? Right, right. And, um, like, the roundwood woodworking, I think it was, like, the symbol was a hatchet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this, the first badge was the sand badge, which is kind of a light tan brown color well the air badge is looks exactly the same except it's kind of like a grayish bluish color Mm -hmm. um and so then the idea is is that if you complete one bb you get an air badge oh cool so now there's a whole bunch of people oh i can go get some air badges you can you can go get some (laughs) air badges and so suddenly a whole lot more people are doing uh uh bbs because they want to get the air badges right you know and and it's kind of like the gateway drug to the next switch and now there's also the badges too so once you completed pep one certification you get a little badge that's like double size and it says pep one and now there's these other ones that say uh, BB5, BB10, BB20, BB40, and BB60. Uh. Uh, the idea is is that it shows like you don't have PEP1 yet, but this is how many BBs you've done so far. And we're kind of talking about the idea of like, well, what if somebody's like BB60? And uh, couldn't we have an event here that might be like just a five-day event, and then they would show up BB60 and leave PEP1? Right. You know, and and so uh, it's an idea. A lot of people are, um, I don't know, I, I they're excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think it could work out. I think it'd be a good thing. So I think it's pretty <clears throat> cool too. Yeah. The th- thing is, is that. I am, uh, I and Mike and Ashley and Ash are working hard on all of Skip and Pep every week. Um, I've got two very long meetings every week to try and move it forward. So one thing I wanted to mention about Skip that I think would be of interest to people who are doing ERE, actually, is not so much even the inheriting property angle, although that could be a big shortcut shortcut there, but um, just its usefulness as a skill-building curriculum, because, like, a big part of ERE is, like, you know, developing the ability, if you don't already have it, to learn things independently and to pick up skills that are going to substitute for cash, essentially, yeah. um, in order to reduce your expenses. And there are a lot of useful skills in the PEP program that, um, or the SKIP program now, that I think, like, having them laid out the way they are is a very useful onboarding tool for tackling those skills. Um, following the skip curriculum is really helpful in that regard. Like I have no need to inherit property for various reasons. Um, but I still use, you know, like I've been doing the herbal medicine or the natural medicine sand badge just yeah. because it's a useful way to start, um, you know, tackling skills, that project. Even yeah. though you don't have somebody to teach you kind of. Right, you exactly. Teach yourself. Yeah, but in a more organized fashion. So yeah. I think that's really cool. All right, the next uh, bit that's on here that uh, somebody said, uh, they they said, and tomorrow the market could hit the skids and you'd lose all your savings and become a zombie while the permacolonists would proceed as usual after banding together to build zombie barriers. (laughs) I, I used to hate the whole zombie apocalypse thing, but then a guy came here with, like, 
zombie apocalypse written all over his rig. Oh, nice. And uh, so he explained it to me, and and he was saying like, uh, when you're a prepper or whatever, that you're like, there's like. 40 different kinds of end of world scenarios to prepare for. Right. And it can get confusing about all kinds of different elements. But on the other hand, if you just say you're preparing for the zombie apocalypse, it tends to kind of cover all of them. Interesting. And it's far more entertaining. I, it's, yeah. It seems a little less depressing. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I thought that is, that is mighty clever. Okay. Uh, I'm a firm believer that if you have your plot with a humble home and a big garden way out in the country, that all the political stuff becomes pretty small and far away. So, financial freedom plus an extra type of security that goes beyond finance plus a bonus of being able to turn the volume knob way, way down on a lot of uh, maybe I will call it political nightmare circus. Right. Um I've found that to be a big benefit here. I experienced that a lot with ERE in general. Um, I mean, partially because I was living out in the National Forest with no phone or computer, which cuts down the political nightmare circus a lot. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think the other point to make about this is that in some ways, this is another form of diversification, right? Like you want your investments diversified across, say, a number of stocks or, you know, a number of different national currencies or types of investments stocks versus real estate versus whatever. But this is essentially diversifying out of the financial economy period. Like you're producing a lot of your own goods and services rather than either relying on the industrial waste stream or the monetary economy, which I think is valuable. Like I, I like having some money in the bank and some investments that are, that are returning me money. I wouldn't be as comfortable here if I was you know, my expenses were $50 a month, but I only had $200 in the bank. Like, yeah. that would make me nervous, even though it would be doable. But, like, viewing it as a diversification of my, you know, production capacity and safety net um, makes me feel really good about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> uh, somebody else writes... The primary risk, in my opinion, is that of a charismatic leader who has arranged the power dynamic in his favor. Will you stay on good terms? Does he have a good succession plan? Can he sustain an intentional community that is worth belonging to? It could degrade to a cult dynamic very quickly with all the associated non-financial downsides. The sunk money or labor is the least risk, in my opinion. Very dramatic rendering there, Paul. I My, my first reply is, thanks for calling me charismatic. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cute. It is true. I have heaps of power. Feel the of a sort. <laughs> and I also have more invested than everybody else combined. True? Fair? Very true, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Each person has the power to remove their most excellent self from our rather sad lot. And I'm, I'm saying that as, you know... From their perspective. Perspective, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's relative and subjective, okay? Right. And 
I have the power to improve the overall community by excluding the same person. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, the challenge becomes, will you stay on good terms? Which is why we have recorded almost 500 podcasts. And we have a requirement that people need to have listened to at least 200 before becoming a resident. So before you can move on to your ant plot or move on to your Deep Roots plot, uh, you need to have listened to at least 200 podcasts. And I think we're adding the requirement you need to have read the Permaculture Thorns book. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Man, you I knew would, that though, right? When you I, think, well, interesting, like this is news to you. Right. Well, no, not that it's news to me. I knew we had discussed it, but I didn't remember actually saying yes, we're doing it. Okay. So, but right. I think it's a good idea. Well, the two hundred, the two hundred podcast is always. Oh yeah, been, no, that's been a thing forever. I was, I new. was talking about the Thorns book, but I. By I'm, the way, thank you for helping me with that Thorns book. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, most people don't arrive here without having listened to at least a few dozen. Um, I would say when people are arriving here and they've listened to zero or one, I get a little nervous. Right. And I, I, I think most of those people tend to not be here very long. Now, you've only listened to like five or something before you got here. No, I'd listened to like 50 or something like that okay. before I got here. But a lot of them were after winning the ticket. I okay. started listening to him to kind of get more of an idea. Yeah. But I'd been on Permies for a long time. I'm just not like a podcast person. So now you've been yeah. you've been here over a year. Mm-hmm. Does does who I am do I do a good job of representing who I really am in the podcast? I think so. Like I think anybody that was going to just like not be able to stand you yeah. would not be able to stand listening to your podcast. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think and I think it's totally if somebody cannot stand listening to my podcast, yeah. it's like no no and you're not alone. Right. It's like there's a support group and everything, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like recovering from listening to five minutes of, of this pod, guy. Yeah. It's like uh, oh the most grueling five minutes of my life. <laughs> you know, something like that. So no no, I think fair. Fair, totally fair, and I'm glad we got that worked out so early. Right. Because I think I'm glad that they didn't come here. Right, no, I mean, I think that's an excellent filtering mechanism. Like, if they're going to interact with you for five minutes and then have a breakdown or, like, just not be able to stand your guts, better that they do it, you know, in the privacy of their own home with their (laughs) podcast app than coming here and then, you know... It yeah. being a big drama thing. Right. <clears throat> I think it's pretty easy to get along here and make it long term, but human psychology is full of comedy. <clears throat> there have been a lot of people who have arrived uh, with zero coin and have put in z- put zero into what we are trying to accomplish. And on the first day have insisted that their mere presence is of greater value than anybody else's contribution. So now that they're here, the entire operation will run the way they command. Obey or else. Now, yeah. all right, you've been here for just a bit over a year. Mm-hmm. Has there been any? Am I making this shit up? Have you witnessed? No, this? that's that's legitimately how it goes. <clears throat> and I mean, sometimes not all. No, no, not yeah. always. But that is a dynamic that tends to develop. And I think it's like when you first hear something like, "Oh yeah, you want to have healthy dialogue and like people to be able to communicate with you without being afraid that they're going to get kicked out because of all these rules or whatever. It's like that sounds kind of reasonable, 
But then once you've been through this dynamic a few times where it's like everybody, not everybody, but many of the people who come here who are a problem present the same set of issues, often say the same things in virtually the same (laughs) word. Isn't it weird? It's really weird. (laughs) And like all you want is to just get those people to leave as quickly as possible because like you already know the story and how it's going to and how it's going to turn out and so like having you be able to you know set the limits of people's participation in the community i think is a really big benefit (laughs) for members of the community i remember one person you said something like uh okay this is challenging to me but i'm gonna rise above it and i am going to be so good to this person it'll change everything i can do this i'm i am going to make this work with everybody it'll it'll turn out really good you remember saying I feel like you're maybe overrepresenting my confidence level at the time, but at I the definitely moment, your confidence was very high. I did say, you know what? I am determined. I'm gonna be a better person. I'm going to take the high road. We're gonna like I'm gonna try my best to make this work out. And it honestly lasted like three and a half minutes. Like I went <laughs> I know, that's so bad. It's so bad. But I just I went it is to hard. talk to her. <laughs> And it was just like every single thing that I said that was like an attempt to be rational and empathetic and helpful, she just like okay. dismissed it. Anyway, we don't need to Ooh. talk about this. Ooh, sorry, I pushed that button. Man. <laughs> oh. But yes. It was funny, but still. Whoa. <laughs> so yes, it's actually really nice to have a quote unquote dictator who has to be the one. <laughs> Who says, like, nope, if you can't abide by these conditions, then you need to move on down the road, mm. rather than people just sticking around forever and ruining my life. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is continued in part two. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts. <laughs>